All right, so you guys want to do what does the newspaper say the next day after uh, Trigo's miraculous victory? I feel like you're eager to share one, so share yeah, the class. Give us an uh, example. Dofar uh, Do establishes the pecking order with an actual image of him pecking the nuts off of... <laughs> that's a good one. With that's him good. pecking the nuts off of the go-goat. Yeah, that's that was sitting in the tank, and I was like, oh, yeah. I think it would say three heads are better than one. That's because good. it would, and it would show instead of peck, try attack at the mm. end of the race. Oh, yeah. That's good. This isn't so much the headline itself, but I imagine this is what, like, a newspaper boy on the corner is going to be barking. <laughs> Extra, extra, read all about it. Big bird breaks big curse. <laughs> That's pretty good. I love that. I was like, please tell me he does the extra, extra, baby. The best I got is Dofar pulls ahead. Or three. <laughs> See, these write themselves. Yeah. Perfect. That's that's honestly that's a pretty good goal open. I, gonna, I like it. That's I'm short to the point. Here. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. What's up, people? It's me, Lucas. I am playing Jedediah Moonstone tonight, and this is our third episode straight recording, so I'm tired. <laughs> hey, it's Chef Ken. I'm playing Trigo Factoria. I am also tired, but I'm going to push through it, unlike some people here. Jack's over there falling asleep. Excuse you, this is my third cup of coffee, or second cup of coffee of the day. Yeah. But I'll live. If it was ten minutes later, it would be your first cup of coffee. <laughs> That's true. Hello, I'm Ryan. I play Frederick the Phantom Mayor, veteran of the Hohen Civil War, and all-around badass bandito. Giddy up. <laughs> See? I came back. I could do it twice in a row. <laughs> He's streets ahead. Yes. And hi, I'm Perfect Jack DM Man. Alright, so... Here we go. I'm cutting that. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so where we last left off, Trigo um, managed to win his race after Jediah and a very inebriated Frederick vanquished the ghost rider of Dofara, the first original rider, who you learned was really just upset that he's not going to be remembered in the same vein. Now Dofara is going to continue on his life and he's going to be relegated to the past. Other than that, Jediah noticed in the crowd that the banker that originally sold his family's farm, or at least evicted him, was found in the bleachers, ripping up his ticket. Obviously, he lost. However, there's more to this story. So we're going to cut to you guys on the infield, basically. We're going to say that there was you know, a ton of pictures, a ton of photographs uh, that you're trying to duck out of. And oh, no. Frederick would not be in those photographs, man. I said you're trying to duck out of them. Yeah. But I'm oh, in I giant, also would be running out. in a giant I'm... stadium. Of course they're going to take pictures of the winner. You're lucky. Trigo can be in the picture. Oh, I am. But we're not the picture. Sure. Uh, not going to be in the picture. You're Vamoosin. Yeah. You want yeah. to find a way to fit it in here. <laughs> yeah. I do it. Um, <laughs> they got a picture of me hitting the gritty. Oh, God. Like, what? <laughs> what does that mean? It's a dance move. <laughs> I'm taking three psychic damage. <laughs> Ryan, at your wedding, I was going to walk out and do that, by the way. I wouldn't have known what it meant. Okay. I'm keeping My students keep telling me to hit the gritty. Apparently, it's literally just like you're short-stepping while doing this. Yeah, you gotta do that. I don't want to do that. What? But my students like, Mr. Drake, it's, it's hit the gritty. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I don't know. Who are you? The Why are these kids and their tic-tacs and their <laughs> the only dancing I did is the cha-cha the... slide. <laughs> I don't know. And Back in my day, it was just the Charleston and the, the, <laughs> the jitterbug. Thank you, Jedediah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Trigo hits the gritty. Okay, Whatever yes. that means. <laughs> 
Trigger roll performance. Do I get advantage? No. Because I won. No, 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 no. no. 19. 19. You start to notice that more people in the crowd are attempting to mimic you doing the gritty. Yes! And it is now Cannon and Hullen. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, What have we done? The gritty is Cannon. Thank you. Thank you for making this generation of youthful Hullen natives dumber than they should be. (laughs) All right. Uh, You two are going to scurry off, though, while Trigo is taking interview questions, racing tips, and everything else, uh, you guys are going to scurry off into the stable where you guys are going to basically find Tyree Bigsby. I push past Tyree. I'm not here for any of this. I'm trying to catch the banker before he gets away. Woohoo! Someone's in a hurry, I see. Well, I guess it's just you and me there, Frederick. Frederick pulls Tyree close. <laughs> And just vomits <laughs> all over diary. Roll. Just look, grab this and pause <laughs> Roll performance. <laughs> yeah. Tyree rolled a 15 to dodge vomit. What are you rolling on for vomit? Uh, a 17 oh plus God. 2 is going to be a 19. You, you, you managed to soak his shoes. He was standing in a puddle of vomit. No, absolutely not. He's staying at Polo Bob. He's like, ooh, I see your nerves got the better of you. It's okay. It's okay. Tyree's here now. He's starting to, like, stroke your shoulder, basically. He's reaching really high to get to your shoulder. Frederick just, like, at this point, has probably collapsed into a heap. He's just like, I'm just, I'm too high for this. You fell in a puddle of your own puke? Yeah, I, I've done worse. I've killed men in their sleep. Jesus Christ. Okay. In real life, Ryan has cleaned me up laying in the puddle okay, of yeah, my own puke. Okay. Um, so, you're still taking interview questions, you are looking for the banker. Now, you know that in the stadium, or at least you could tell in the stadium that there is, like, two exits, basically, mm-hmm. one on each side. You can either post up on the left side that's closest to you, or run and try to dash to the right side. However, it's a 50-50 bet, basically, on which side he's going to be. Where are you going to go? Are you going to take the far run and miss and risk missing him, or are you just going to stay where you are and hope to God that he took the right exit? Uh, question. Can I roll history and see if I remember which way it seemed like he was heading? He was just kind of, the way you noticed it, he was just kind of like in the middle. So it's going to be kind of difficult to be like, oh, he's going to the left, he's going to the right. Uh, So you have to 50-50 right now. Alright. Well, okay, another question rather than just a straight decision. Can I just go in the left entrance and, like, make my way down towards the other side exit? Like, walk through the place doing both? Like, you're going to do a sweep, basically? Like, you're going to go from one end of the bleachers to the other while looking? Yes. Okay. Just do a sweep through the bleachers as everyone's exiting. Okay. So you kind of go salmon upstream, and you kind of cross into the roll perception in the crowd right now. Okay. That is a 13. 13. Okay, so you can tell he's not here. And you're, you're sure about that. You Basically, you're like, as you're kind of like working your way past people, kind of like ducking your shoulders in and out, you know, you're know you like scanning faces and you don't see anything. And you know he's about your height, so you don't notice him. You get to the bleachers and you're walking by. Give me another person. Uh, give me an investigation roll, actually. I know it's the same, but this is a little different. Okay. That is... That's a seven. So you don't notice that he's still sitting, and you're finally going to... You're noticing that it's starting to clear out. Mm-hmm. You have two options. You can try to chase the crowd as they're going out, or you can just post up at the top and see if you can spot him. I'd like to go to the top of the bleachers and take my look from there. All right, roll me a final perception roll with advantage. It's a nine. And a ten. Okay. So I was going to ask you to grab another dice, but it's too late. So you notice that. So you can't make out anything, but you see that there are two masses, basically, of people. They start to break up. One is heading towards the train station, and the other is heading towards, basically, the strip that you guys were, where you went to the Three of Clubs, and when you went to uh, the place that you guys managed to shoot up. Or actually, I don't know. Did you guys shoot that place up? Or was it... Did they did they stuff I shot the Fatoria goon, but... They attacked Trigo first. Yeah, you started it. 
Either way, we're in a sh- Shooting was occurring, yes. Yeah. All right. So you see that there are two crowds going, but unfortunately, you're not going to be. Lucky for you, though, there's no train in the station yet, so it's I'm not like those to the train going. station. Oh, boy. All right. Keep in mind. No, you know, I'm not going to. Don't worry about it. All right. You're booking it towards the train station. You see a train start to basically pull in. It's slowly starting to arrive. As you're kind of huffing and puffing, roll me athletics. Let me see if you can even. Let me see if you can keep up with this. Okay, because you're doing a lot of physical labor here. Mm-hmm. Four. Take any okay. All right, so you're unfortunately going to get winded, and you're going to have to stop by the train. But it's not all lost. Not all hope is lost, because you know the train's going to have to pass you anyway. So hopefully, you're like, if I sit here, maybe I can see it passing by. And it's only, there are only two stops. There's Vern Turf, and there's Rustboro. Basically, you're like, I'm guaranteed to know that he's in one of these two cities. Like, no shock, he can't be in there. Alright, Frederick, we're back to you. Tyree has taken your favorite character in the whole game. <laughs> Has Dovar basically Intrigo. The reporters are done. You guys are basically corralling in the stable. You don't know where Jedediah went, and Tyree is basically saying, "All right, here's the deal. The Dittos are already getting ready to board the train. I've already instructed what they do. The second they see all of you, your faces, they are going to stop the train in the middle and basically try to pull them off. Eventually, they'll just kind of dissolve. So, like, basically, they'll stop." They'll be like, oh, they're going this way, and they'll basically throw them off your scent. You guys will be fine. You guys are basically free now to go north. I would not go east. There's no other way really to go. South, I wouldn't go either, uh, towards Slateport, because I think that they would also be there as well. I would just go straight north. You'll be fine. I don't we're missing that Tyree stank on there. Take it again, friend. So... You guys notice Tyree, and Tyree basically gives you guys the loadout. It's like, all right, here's the game plan. I know for a fact that the Dittos are already instructed to board the train. They are going to go towards Verndorf Town. They will dissolve as soon as the train stops. I've already told them that. They will take their form, and they will turn to just random cargo that they'll ignore. The Aquarius Union will be on your trail and continue west. As they go west, you guys will be going north. By the time they get tired, they'll find someone new and they won't even bother with you guys. I would avoid south and west for the next week. Week sounds fine. That's enough time for them to lose track and lose train of thought. Alright, Tyree, when do we leave? Well, you we leave now. Well, I mean, we're missing two-thirds, or a third. I think we need to go find our other third. Alright. Until we'll meet again. <laughs> don't know when. Cross is gone. <laughs> don't know when. And then he just climbs on top of Dofara. So can we just leave Mawile, or is he going to get us out? I mean, the, he, he did his job for you. They're already, like, think about it like this. Imagine if public enemy number one was spotted on a bus going to New York City. Okay? They're all, I mean, in real world. They're all going to go, like, all the feds are going to focus on New York. And then you guys are really bumming it in, like, I don't know. New Jersey? Yeah, Jersey. They're not going to care. And if you go to Maryland, they're going to be like, okay, well, we're all focusing on New York, so you're fine. Got it. Okay, so we can leave Mawile whenever. All right, so as long as you don't go west, you're good. All right. All right. Uh, Let's go find Jedediah. He got a little gunshot around the cameras, and I don't blame him, but uh, let's get a move on. Okay. And Trigo in canon gritties out of the room. (laughs) <laughs> you having a stroke, son? <laughs> nope. Frederick <laughs> puts a gun to your head. So we need to put you down. I didn't break my leg. <laughs> what was my trophy for winning, by the way? Oh, good question. So, flashback. Uh, Trigo was asked several questions about the race. What he did to prepare, to which he answered very little. Um, Drugs. Drugs. Money and drugs. What, are they, what, what more do racers need? There are questions about what he's doing now. And of course he answered, make his dad proud. <laughs> um, but in the bouquet that you got was, and here I am giving you more money. My God. 
I'm gonna say two hundred fifty thousand dollars. What? what? I'm sorry. Two hundred. Cut that. Cut. Fucking cut that. Fucking absolutely. Two hundred and fifty. That's almost quadruple what you gave start. <laughs> what you gave the over insane seventy thousand. Two hundred and fifty. Just two hundred and fifty. Two hundred and fifty dollars. Okay. Please. That's more risky. Gold or dollars? We gold. switch between gold and dollars. Well, I, all I can think of is the, the hundred ways to die in the West, where the guy bets a dollar and the guy's like, "Take your half off, son. That's a dollar right there." <laughs> all right. So yes, you got two hundred and fifty dollars, two hundred fifty gold, whatever metric system we're using for this. Um, I prefer freedom units. Yeah, freedom it units. changes by the day. Okay. okay. As well as. A kind of like not really a ribbon, but it's basically like a season pass to the entire like stadium. Plus, you get a box seat, which I'm assuming what you're gonna say is my family already had one. But congratulations, son! You got your own through your own gumption. Sweet. What a worthless surprise for us. We're never coming back here. <laughs> you know that? We might come back. Maybe. We might yeah. rob the casino for all we know. That's true. That's yeah. something we could do in the that future. Is, that is something we would all want to do. <laughs> yeah, for various reasons. You go searching for Jedi, basically, to make your two-thirds whole. Even though, as we all know, two out of three ain't bad. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think we go to, like, the exit of the stadium. Like, we would assume we could catch him leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Roll investigation. Both of you, it's fine. I'll figure it out. Uh, that is a 16. Four. With a, 16, with a four, you know that he went this way. With a 16, you could probably tell that. You could look at the tracks and see, okay, a lot of people, it seems, went towards the train station, and a lot of people went towards there. I don't know why he go back to the room when he doesn't have a key, so... You can probably do some yeah. investigation. Frederick kind of just shoulders Trigo and they start walking to the um, the train station. All right. On your way, you see Jedi sitting on a stump, staring at the train, waiting. Hey, Jed, we're getting out of town. What are you doing? Not until I see if he's on the train. Who's on the train? The banker. Uh, Frederick, like, unhooks his gun. And it's like, I can assure you, I shot that man pretty promptly after he left the train. As did I. But he was here. Uh, I pull Trigos, I'd say. Did he also drink the Peppas? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I guess I'm not in a rush, but we can wait for the train. You probably need to sit down anyway. Yeah. How many fingers am I holding up? I don't know, Polyworld. <laughs> Polyworld just has a mitt. <laughs> Who's just one? <laughs> I guess it's one. Does the thumb count? And Frederick just sits down and goes, I'm tired. And just falls over. <laughs> Finally falls asleep. Like, like if Frederick, if Jed's sitting on the stump, Frederick is sitting on the ground on the stump, and he's just like, like, front ways falls asleep. Oh, idea? Is there, like, any sort of conductor or staff that we see that I could go up to and be like, there is a criminal on your train. Let me in, let me find him, and take him out. Why, yes, there is a criminal. It's you. (sighs) You're on the train. (laughs) He's technically not on the train. Yeah. He's on the platform, he's not on the train. Although, also, the dittos of us three are there. We are also. (laughs) We are so all all on the train. Is it it Frederick, or is it you? I have to go find myself. You mean metaphorically? Oh, me. (laughs) He's doing it metaphorically, as I point the right. God. Alright, so, an hour passes. You're going to wait it out. And as the train pulls by... You start to, like, scan the passengers. And you clearly see Trigo as well. You both look, and you see the banker sitting in a seat with a briefcase going back the way that it was coming. I run up the Jedediah. I just leave Frederick. I just run up the Jedediah. Yeah, I'm pretty useless. See? You see? I do see. Do you have the peppers, too? Because I don't think I did. No, I didn't have any of that. That man 
beyond all reason, was here. He's alive and well. He's got another damned case. Well... I mean, look, I... I mm, never mind. Never mind. No, please, sorry, continue. We need to find this man, we need to stop him, and we need to kill him until he stays dead. Look, we have a lot of things we need to do. Trust me, we can always find him. You see how easily they found me? Imagine how easily we can find a banker if we need to. We can't do it here right now. I think I can be of assistance, and as you turn behind you, you see... Mr. LaCroix, a figure you don't recognize, neither of you do, but you see that there is a passed out Frederick over his shoulder as he is carrying him with one hand basically wrapped around his waist. Daddy, I've been a good boy. (laughs) 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 I gotta say, Mayor, I didn't think that this crew could do it, but hey, here I am, a man wrong, and he throws him on the ground in front of you guys and says, so, I see that you made good work and made sure that you made me a little bit richer. And for that, I thank you. Who are you, and what do you want from us? Oh, excuse me. How can I be so crass? Mr. LaCroix, I am uh, the fixer, if you will. If uh, odd jobs pop up here and there that need a problem solved, I'm the intermediary that grants uh, patrons of mine help. Frederick Underground. He's a mystic voodoo man. (laughs) He just, like, pokes him in the butt. (laughs) All right. Frederick, he kicks you in the chest. You take 1d4 damage. And he already took 5 damage in the last step. I take 2 damage. I'm I'm bloodied. (laughs) I I assume Mr. Mayor is not wrong. I am quite a bit uh, into the occult. Interesting. What you got there? I don't know. I'm very, uh, very surprised by this in my associate here. Did Mr. Mayors not tell you about his contract? No. Well, as you know, uh, as I'm sure you witnessed, uh, Mr. Mayor's job was to rob a train and acquire a certain briefcase. And here I am, in our agreed upon meeting place, one briefcase less. Now, I assume that you gentlemen had nothing to do with this. As I am aware, you are not Federation material. Am I correct in that assumption? I'm not part of any system or team or organization or army such as that. Don't worry about who I am. Hmm. That's an interesting thing for someone to say that's plastered all over the newspaper, but what am I supposed to know? All right. Can you find this man for us or can't you? Well, unfortunately, I'm uh, not exactly a clairvoyant, as it so happened. However, my associate happens to be. Follow me, if you would be so kind. If not, I'll leave your friend here in a heap. But if you need me, I'll be at the end of while at the start north. Ta-ta. Then he struts off. We can't do anything stupid now. I literally just want to race and have my face everywhere right now. I want to find this man. I want to follow that man to do it. Alright, we'll follow him, but we can't do anything right this second. But we can get started. Alright. I literally just pick him up by, like, the foot and just keep walking as he drags along the ground. Probably a good idea. Alright. So, you guys make your way to the exit of Mawile City North. And once you guys arrive there, you see a small wagon that is painted with purple stripes and has like black stars on it. <clears throat> and it says, Madame Mystique's Hall of Mysteries and Fortunes. And sitting on the stump outside of it is Mr. LaCroix. And he says, Ah, I knew you would turn up eventually. And he points to all three. Frederick lucid or not? Lucid You're now. fine now. Okay. Good. Yeah, you're coming down. Yeah. He's sobered up. I'm coming down. All right, Mr. LaCroix. I got the job. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. Leaving What's your out. job? Kill. And then he unfurls the uh, uh, dead or wanted, dead or alive poster. This man. Uh, do your associates know that? We got to kill this man. Mr. Yeah. LaCroix. Why are we killing this man? Well, so I, I can be a goddamn bandito, that's why. Well, I appreciate your honest... I appreciate your uh, concern. 
You are looking for a man named Eddie Thompson. From what I can tell, he has set himself up in... Let me remember if I do say so. I believe I told you Lava Ridge. Yes, Lava Ridge. Mm, best of luck to you all. However, I am aware that each of you has a small detail about you that would maybe get in the way. So I'm offering you a deal. You can take Mr. Thompson out whenever. That's fine by me. Now, as uh, <clears throat> Mayers has already made it very clear, I am very keen in the occult. Mr. Mastiga is going to kind of knock on the uh, wagon behind him. <clears throat> a very old woman is going to emerge with a spoint kind of bouncing next to her. And she's going to kind of like squint her eyes and say, What? Who are these three? You, I don't recognize any of you. Miss LaCroix, what are these three doing? He's like, well, I believe we have a deal that I'm trying to strike. It's very simple. You tell each of these three what they're looking for and where to find it. And in return, they'll do me a favor that will restore balance to Hoenn. Do we have a deal, Joan? You didn't answer my question, Mr. LaCroix. How brash, how crass of me. What was that question again? Why does this man need to die? He risks putting Hoenn in jeopardy. He is willing to dismantle the balance that exists that I and my associates meticulously create. Now, unfortunately, I am not at the liberty of explaining too much detail of my business practices. If you would like to get more involved, if Mr. Thompson lays dead, we can talk about that practice. However, for right now, I would very much like to keep my cards a little closer to the chest. Frederick goes up to Jedi. He's about. He's wanted dead or alive. This is legit law. People are looking for this man. Doesn't matter what crimes he committed. He's wanted dead or alive. We turn him in, we get the bounty, we get paid. It does matter, sir. The crimes that a man commits are not all equal. Mr. LaCroix is going to chime in, but a little bit more irritated. The crimes are against nature. I am not at liberty to, to divulge that. However, I assure you that once you see it, you, a man of the people yourself, will agree that these heinous acts are not to be trifled with. Some would say that Frederick here was part of a group committing crimes against nature, trying to create more land and go against how it was made. The Federation never stood a chance anyway. I didn't bother involving myself. No offense, boy, but I mean, let's be real here. I look at Jedi. We find the man. We find out what's wrong. We determine if we kill him or not. Either way, we give him to Mr. LaCroix. We get paid. I like money. Argh, 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 argh. <laughs> <laughs> That's two out of three. And that's a majority. Mystique, would you mind displaying? All right, gentlemen. If Mr. LaCroix says that this is what I must do, I'm willing to lend him my strengths. In front of you is a simple deck of cards. My associate right next to me, and she looks over at the Splunk, is capable of taking an ordinary pack of cards and reading the future. Now, you all know exactly what you're looking for. I do not need to tell you that. I can already know that. But once you draw it, it ties your fate. Who would like to go first? Frederick instantly grabs the top card. Seven. A gentle breeze lifts your sail of your mark. Who's next? Do I have to draw right now? Well, I'm not going to follow you. I can always come back. You afraid of fate, son? I'll draw. Come Give me something. Top, middle, whatever you want. Just take one. Eight. She takes the eight. And she puts it on top of the Spoink's orb, and it combusts into flames. She looks into the orb as it's burning, and she says, A secret lies for you, a meteor falls. I just nod my head. What about you, Slayer of the Undead? Oh, I see Annie, and I see everything. I look at her with surprise, and sort of a sense of awe, and... Warily draw a card. Ten of spades. She takes the card and she puts it to the spoink and it burns. The secret you seek is in Rust Turf Cave. Now, like I said, gentlemen, you all know what you seek. 
I don't need to tell you that. I just reveal the where. And the where's that you know will lead you. I will say this. I've seen many futures. I've seen many pasts. And I can tell you that these will lead you to accomplish that what you have set out. I must retreat. I must retire now. I grow weary. And LaCroix kind of like approaches from behind like slow, sarcastic clapping. Isn't she wonderful? Isn't she fantastic? All right. So deal simple. Bounties and leverage. Sounds like you all have notes of where you need to go. And I guess with that being said, gentlemen, ta-ta. Then he turns around and walks back to Mawile without a word. So, gentlemen? I think we go off and celebrate our victory. I certainly do not feel very victorious at the moment. I do. So the the purpose of the back half of, of the episode, wooey, what a season, or I guess not a season, but uh, an arc. I like the way this one ended. I took a little bit of notes just to peek behind the kimono here for the audience. Uh, we're recording this way after we recorded the actual 10th episode. But I, I, you know, as a person who does some of the editing for us, re-listening to them, I like where we ended up on this one. The, the cliffhanger of of uh, Jedediah stuff and um, the open-endedness of it with Mr. LaCroix and the fortune teller were, were all pretty good endings. And I'm pleased with where we're going so far. Yeah, I was really happy with uh, the idea of Mr. LaCroix and what he's going to represent. I think he had a really nice kind of smooth integration as well as the little nods that we kind of put along the way. Yeah, yeah. Which reason I wrote a couple of the questions just so we have a little bit of some talking points to go over but did I guess this can go for you too uh, JFK did did the arc end where you thought it was going to end I guess from a DM perspective Jack this would be more of a question for you but did did we end in the position you thought we would or or, or did you have us ending when you initially wrote the first episode somewhere differently or, or what was the deal so I knew I wanted one one ending of the arc to basically address where the other three characters would go. So I knew I wanted to do like uh, that scene where basically like you're all together, you're all locked in, this is the reason. So I would say honestly, I expected you guys to have to do maybe not uh I did not expect you to uh, need to do an entire thing to get through the city, but I figured it would make the most sense. I would say that it did go a little according to plan, though, for the most part. You got out of Mawile City, and that's kind of what I wanted. There was more written for Mawile City. Do you guys remember in Ruby and Sapphire, after you get the TM Surf? Yeah, you, you, go, you can go down that separate route, right? There's like another place called New Mawile that's a generator. And I had this like really cool idea for it that never really got explored because I didn't really think I set it up well. I think once we knew where we were going to go and we wanted to kind of get out of the little tutorial section, I was like, okay, we'll add that back later. But there's a cool spot there that I planned. Can, is it a possibility for us to go back there? I mean, oh, yeah. It's not like you burned any bridges, literally. Yeah, yeah. I, I will I will rob that casino. So yes, yeah, so we will come back. That that would be fun. That a heist a heist would be would be a good time. A Pokemon heist would be fun. I I'll be honest, I didn't know I knew we were I I, I had originally thought that you were gonna push us through Mawile. Like I, I, I thought Tyree was gonna just, just gonna get us through the city and onto the other side. And then we were going to be done. Like I didn't, I didn't, I honestly didn't anticipate spending any time there. So, but I enjoyed the time we spent there. I think we had enough time, breathing room to do a little, little, some fun stuff. 
Yeah, I figured it would be kind of lame if you got there, it was the race day, and then it just ended. I really did like planning the race. I This is going to sound really fratty, but did you guys ever play horse races in uh, college? No, I didn't. No, I oh, really didn't. Oh, lord. Okay, so basically, you gamble on... Uh, you flip out a bunch of cards face down, usually in rows of four with the aces. And every time you flip a card, if it has the same suit, you move the ace up. So you're basically flipping cards, racing the horses as they go. And the first one to cross the line is the one that gets to assign all of the drinks that they gave. Uh-huh. Then I realized that would have been a very bad idea to do live, although yeah. hilarious. That would have been uh, disastrous, considering we were all pretty much drinking that entire time. Correct. Um, which, which I think our live record has, which is ceremonious in the fact that it ends the initial arc, has mm-hmm. now given us a better tone for what we were aiming for, I think. I think so, too. I think definitely, especially with, like, some of the... The one thing I will say... I was a little, not annoyed with, but I felt constricted doing uh, Pokemon, because Pokemon has its own universe, kind of, and addressing fantasy stuff was kind of difficult to do. So adding, like, you know, with Miss LaCroix, the uh, fortune tellers, all that stuff, I found that really interesting additions that, you know, work with the setting. They give it something a little bit unique. Yeah, I don't think it throws anything away that Pokemon gives. Like we're not we're not taking Pokemon canon and like throwing it in the garbage. No, but we're definitely doing something different with it, which is the intention. And honestly, there's a lot in Pokemon that's just kind of up in the air with like what you can do. Especially, uh, I would say with Ghost Pokemon, like we have so much there that we could play with. And All right, so you actually bring up a great point. Which Pokemon? I know what Ryan's going to say. JFK, which Pokemon do you want to see in the next, like, quote-unquote arc, basically? I don't know if it would be the next arc, but there is one that I want to catch. We've talked about it, you know, outside of the podcast, and I don't want to ruin it. However, I would like a water type. This is totally different. So I would like a water type, maybe like a Psyduck or something like that, just because of how... Uh, how I've used Psyducks in the play- different playthroughs of my games. Right, which one would you want, then? Oh, who, who would you um, like to be? Like, not, like, one that you could catch, though. I know, but, like, one that would be, like, used in a very unique way to the, oh. to the lore. Um, I think I would like to see more... I think I would like to see more desert-type Pokemon, like a Cacnea. I think Cacnea is really... And what's Cacnea's evolution again? It's Cacturn, yeah. Cacturn. I would like to see like a Cacturn or something. Like maybe, and maybe this is a spoiler, and we can cut it. But maybe there's like a band, like a group of bandits that you're walking through a mountain pass, and there's a bunch of like Cacnea and Cacturn. That oh, like the... look like Cacturn, and it's an ambush. But they like... all turn around, and you know what I mean. So I'm I'm picturing it's two ways: people dressed up like Cacneas, like their faces are painted green and they have like spikes on their shoulders or like the Squirtle Squad where there's a bunch of Cacnea. I'm thinking more like the Squirtle Squad, but but I think that's really like a, them just as outlaws or something like, like... One would be like a Mad Max kind of thing. I know that doesn't make any sense for our universe, but like the spikes like spiked leather and like yellow paint, or yellow uh, green painted faces. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do they say? What do they say in Mad Max? They say uh, it doesn't matter. But I do have another question for this one's more specific to Jack. But the coming up with characters like Tyree and um, the bank man who Jedi is chasing and Jackson Parado. How did you? Are these things you just kind of came up with? Like more, more, I guess, leaning into Tyree of. What what are, what are your inspirations for these things? Um, so Tyree, I just think uh, I just think he was one of those characters that. Well, for you guys, I assume he's like the Navi character where he dumps exposition or instructions 
but I guess I want him to be kind of like the mask salesman in Ocarina, uh, not Ocarina of Time, in Majora's Mask. He's yeah, there too, yeah. but he's just doing something different. Where like he's like a character that is your, your typical Dungeons and Dragons level t- like level twenty barkeeper or innkeeper. He has a lot of like utility behind him, even though he's like this silly little character. You know, subvert the expectations. Like the goofy little characters, uh, an expert smuggler and like a level twenty rogue, something kind of silly like that. Do you? I mean, this is you can keep this under your hat or not. Like mainly because we we've talked about it before. How there's in typical D and D campaigns, there's usually an adopted NPC party member, the 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 DM proxy, if you will. Uh, um, my my character. <laughs> yeah, which we haven't really we haven't really picked one, and um, we did pick one between the three player characters. But we haven't really talked to Jack about it yet. But I don't know what you mean. Tito. Oh no, Tito. Tito remains in the universes that we create on our on our own. I think I think we need to find a random little little goblin man. And just take <laughs> I need to. Wing. I need to send you the the clip of The Simpsons where I think they're spoofing. Uh, <laughs> they're spoofing. Game of Thrones, and it's just Ralph's disambiguous face in the sky that says, I'm a god in this universe. <laughs> <laughs> no, there are other characters. I will say, Jackson Parado, and this is going to sound really corny, because my naming conventions are very, very silly, is literally just Desperado re-scrambled. Oh, that's cool. And then, what was, I'm pretty sure the butler character you actually named. Oh, Narc Snipely. No, yes. you did, I I don't remember naming him, but I do remember... You dropped uh, the name randomly. I was like, I'm going to use that. Maybe yep. I did. I don't remember that. Smegly's a good last name. And I, I'm going to go back and listen and write down exactly what Narc Smegly looked like. Because, and you can cut this if this is going to be a really funny reveal, and it wouldn't be. I want Narc Smegly's to be like the nurse joys of this region. Like, they're just everywhere. <laughs> They have, like, a wallet, like, inside the wallet. There's just a bunch of Narc Snagglies, like, lined up, holding, like, trays all in a line. It's like, and that's Narc, and that's Narc, and that's Narc. See, I would have thought you would have gone with, like, a Tyree, as, like, we get to the other side, and, like, Ty- there's another traveling salesman for that part of the region. Because he kept trying to kill him! <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> Tyree will return in the next <laughs> I'll work him in. I'm sure. I actually have something real quick. Go ahead. So going back a little bit, you mentioned Cacnea. And if I recall, Ryan, you wanted Cacnea to be your starter. But we kind of figured, you know, he was a little too strong. And I guess we can both describe our starter choices. But what made you go with Cyndaquil? Um, Cyndaquil is my favorite starter, period. I really like his design. And... I knew from the beginning when we had initially done the pilot that I was going to play the the per, the magma team magma. So I knew it had to be a fire type starter. And I knew I kind of wanted team magma to be the losers of the of the war because it just in my mind it made sense. I I I think team aqua's plan canonically in the games makes the least amount of sense, which would make the Magma Federation more sympathetic that they've lost. And now there's, you know, our Archie is presumably in our universe and still wants to fight that whale. So, but um, I, we, I mean, you can tell them why you've picked Abra. So I would say it was about two years ago. You might have to correct me on the timeline. I think so. Me. Lucas, Ryan, and a couple other people did a, it was kind of a one-shot Pokemon D&D 5e type thing, and Ryan DM'd it, and he had an interesting idea for starter choices. It was like, hey, give me three types, what was it, roll a d4, and you get to pick um, yeah, the Pokemon, yeah. depending on the d4 roll and your favorite types. I and, had made a list of... However many types there are times 12, 
all at the same challenge rating according to the 5e Pokemon manual that we were using. And you had to roll, you had to pick the, the types you would like and then roll on the d12 and that was the types the professor had. And yeah, I really liked that as a system for starters and I, I would encourage people who are using the the Pokemon 5e, if you can still find it, system to do that because... I mean, the starters are cool, but I think starting with an unconventional starter, and I I understand how hypocritical that sounds, but starting with an unconventional starter is cool, and they don't let you do it in Pokemon games, which is kind of annoying. Yeah, so with that in mind, I don't remember what my three types were. One of them was definitely Psychic, and I rolled, and Ryan said I could pick Abra, and I'm like, I could have some fun with Abra, and oh boy, I did. In that little one shot. This is before I had listened to the Roaring Trainers, where one of the main characters also has an Abra. And after listening to that and having the ideas for this podcast, I was like, you know what? I want to stick with Abra just because I know I can have some fun with that Pokemon and psychic types in general. So that's why I went with that one. Yeah, yeah. I'd be interested. I mean, obviously, our eagle eared listeners will notice that Lucas isn't here. He's busy doing life stuff, and we wanted to get the the episode out. But I'd be interested to to hear why Teddy Ursa was his his go to. It's a it's a very unconventional starter in my mind. He told me a while ago, and honestly, I can't remember because it was between that and one other, but I forget what the other was. Yeah, yeah. I I think. I mean, even in the pilot, the unaired pilot, like the true unaired. Um, his starter, you guys kept your starters between iterations, which I didn't expect. I thought for sure Lucas was going to change to something, change to something different, but uh, you know, he stuck with Teddy Ursa. Which uh, this is a, a good segue into the next question I did have for Jack, which was picking a question I've been wanting to ask you for a really long time is in the second or third episode, we fight some Lediba in the woods what what was the deal like that's such a random pull in my mind for a pokemon how do you Ladybug? yeah like for for a starting enemy in the woods in a western you chose the ladybugs listen listen according to everything world of warcraft has taught me within another 15 episodes you'll be fighting shiny ladybugs then you'll be fighting ledian Oh, I've always liked Lediba, and it's always been annoying that he's garbage. <laughs> um, that sounds rude. I do, I do sh- frequent the showdown servers, and Lediba gets, or Ledian gets just kind of ripped. But yeah, I always liked him. Not to mention, he is, uh, I believe he's catchable in Gen 2, right before the first gym. And since he was like a rare drop, I always like to pick him up. And that's kind of around where we're at. It's, you know, a woodsy area that has, you know, a lot of pine trees, some water features. Yeah, I liked... That's where I kind of pulled him out of. I figured that the area you're in wasn't as western, wasn't as, like, desert-like, or not exactly that. It would be more like an alpine kind of place, so... That's what I was thinking, too. I think... I'm, I'm thinking... Mallville or Mallweil or whatever we want to call it is is more alpine, like the Colorado, and we're like at least how I'm envisioning it, we're heading into like an Arizona kind of thing. Yeah, and that's fair because the two or sorry, uh, I think it's Vern Turf Town, the one that's to the left of it uh, or on the left. I when I was thinking about that and designed it, I kind of based it off of Denver. West Denver, which was known as the uh, Wall Street of the Rockies. So I was like, you know, there's a way to make this, like, mountain village, like, kind of really sing with productivity, with, like, you know, kind of charm or features. So fun. Yeah, yeah. I really, I I think it's a good set dressing for the environment we want to create and how we're doing what we're doing. I think, at least in talking with you, Jack, that the... I mean, and I've said it before, and I'll always say it again. I truly believe that Jedi is the main character of the podcast, and I, I'm ashamed that Lucas isn't here to speak more on it. But I think his story is the most human and the most interesting, just from from a, a person who DMs a lot and a person who is like story minded. 
and you can you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, JFK, in that you think either he, either me or you are the main character, but I think you and I are his, not his sidekicks, but definitely side characters. Oh, definitely. I'll admit my character is just something I can have fun with and kind of just, you know, dick around and, you know, do some crazy shit that you normally might not be able to do in a campaign because I have the monetary means to do it. Usually, until Jack you know. takes it away. Yeah, but uh, mm, mm, mm. I also designed the character to be like a a foil to you guys, and and kind of like my own way. I won't really go further with that here, but that's kind of what, what my plan was with Trigo. Without spoiling it, how did you? I mean, I don't think we've ever talked about it. How did you come up with Trigo? Like the name or the character itself? The character, the character himself. So, I kind of was looking at Hoenn after we decided that, hey, we're going to do Hoenn. And I always liked going over to Moss Deep back when I had Emerald. And I actually hated that gym because if I remember, it was double battles with Psychic. Psychic types. And I had a Blaziken. So, that was tough. But I just think the idea of having a, you know, having a farmhand or a farmer... But pretty much the whole island is mine. Would just be interesting. And I'm almost like disconnected from the mainland. I was almost disconnected from the Civil War in a way. Just because I was just on my own. That's interesting. I, I had forgotten that, that you were on, were on an island the entire time. I had uh, that detail like glazed over me. That's, a, that's an interesting, interesting bit of flavor. That yeah, you would have been disconnected from, from the Civil War. Yeah, and Jack and I have actually talked a few a few times about like how I can be connected to the Civil War, but that's that's not something we'll discuss here. But also just in general having just a rich character, it's you know, I don't think you I haven't seen really seen it in any of our playthroughs, Ryan, where any of us play like a rich character. No, but, no, no one has ever been as as wealthy as Trigo is. And Jack and I have a really good character set up for me moving forward with Trigo that we've talked about that I think kind of adds some level of depth to him. As Oh, go ahead, sir. And I think if I add depth to myself, it actually bring, it'll bring out the best characteristics, at least for the podcast, for you and Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. As, as someone who is writing the story, Jack, do you agree that it is... Are, it, are you looking at it as in terms of like main characters and side characters? Are you viewing us all as equal partnerships in in what we need to be doing? Uh, is there? I mean, you don't have to reveal full story elements, but is there is there an arc that you envision us? And do you have an end goal in mind at this stage? So your arc would make the most sense as an end. I, without spoiling too much, there's a combination of your arc and jfk's arc that is like the the very idea of it like really the like the the big bad end game idea behind it is just like like perfect like it's excellent like the way i envisioned it will i pull it off i have absolutely no clue i have absolutely no idea yeah Uh, don't call your shot but but i do i like the the way how we're gonna wrap up jfk's arc mostly confronting his dad the best way i could think of with yours i don't want to give too much away lucas's honestly i had great ideas for lucas i've ran the by him a few times i've come up with some very interesting ideas that kind of work with his character mostly to test his character i feel bad i feel like i'm torturing this person but yeah i made ways to kind of or or his arc coincides a lot with his character's build basically that's the idea at least do you view so i what i'm getting from that is you view us you're all basically equals yeah. yeah i think is do you have an order in mind in which we're going to tackle each arc uh I th- so i guess i don't want i mean i figured you guys don't want to rush through the entire thing like we're not trying to any percent it yeah. But I did figure out, because we did it randomly, we figured we would do a random poll, basically, 
for what it is, uh, what you guys picked. And if I can pull up the map real quick, actually, I'm pretty sure. Overworld map. So you guys just left Mawile. So your story has to do with the sea. And this is known, basically, from our cards. I'm not really digging too much into it. JFK's story is in Meteor Falls. And Lucas's story is in Rust Turf Cave, which are basically opposite sides of the map. So, oh, and you also have Eddie Thompson, who's in Lava Ridge, or Round Lava Ridge, which you guys are closest to. So I figured you'd do your training session and then deal with that first, since you're the closest, and then you can basically choose Rust Earth, Meteor Falls. Yeah. Does that mean next episode is going to be our beach episode? Did you already have a beach episode? No, we didn't. We haven't. We've been on the, like, we have been on the move. Since episode, I mean, character perspective. Think about it. We we robbed the train. We spent one night in on the road to Mawile. We saved Penelope Strong's. Uh, oh, read. you are right. We had a the episode. I'm thinking of is the five footer episode where you guys went five feet to the left. Oh, the argument episode. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The, that that's <laughs> we had we had a five footer. Sorry. We did not have a beat episode. That's what I was thinking of. But we have been, I mean, like I said, from a character perspective, it's been probably like a four, three, four days of just constant motion. I well, I mean, when you're being investigated by the police, you would assume. Well, yeah, yeah. I think we need a session where we just train, capture, you know, bond. Which I think would actually be really good for next episode. And I think we can think of a good way to basically expedite, you know, level grinding and, you know, doing some catching. You know, shit like that. Yeah, I think we need to be with, I mean, and this is, I guess it's kind of up to us in the sense that we we can sit and pout and not go on the adventure until we have a moment with our Pokemon and, and Jack can't do anything about it. But I think I think next episode is going to be a bit of a breather and for everybody. We'll kind of retreat to our corners as as much as we can, and then interact with our Pokemon on a more meaningful level. At least that's how I see the next episode going. Not to spoil it, but and also due to the competitiveness of both me and you, we need at least a second Pokemon to oh match yeah. Lucas. I, I I cannot have it. Like I love Lucas. I I cannot emphasize that enough, but I I'm I'm also so competitive when and like so why is he like entitled that I, as soon as he had a second Pokemon I was like well, where's my second Pokemon why don't I have two Gee Jimmy how come your mom gives you two hot dogs <laughs> Yeah and it's just and now every time I'm like I and I feel like we haven't had an opportunity. And the, the the real thorn of it was when Jedediah took the Pokeballs away. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, <laughs> oh, he has an egg, too. He has three, he technically. Has, he has three, technically, because he has the egg. But when he took the Pokeballs away and didn't share with Trigo and, and Frederick, I was genuinely, as Frederick and Ryan, I was genuinely mad. Which one did you want? Did you want the empty one, the egg, or the, the raging sociopath i well and in the moment i didn't know i genuinely didn't think that the one was going to be empty i didn't think charizard would have a ball i assumed that like it would it would have been on masterson's body and we we just forgot it i mean technically uh, ash has a pokeball i don't know if it's on his body though i'm i'm gonna actually have to rewatch does he have it on him for charizard no, for Pikachu. I think so. At least yeah, in the first so, season. Yeah. yeah, at least in the first season. But I, at least that was the impression I got. And then when you said one was empty, I was like, okay, well, I wouldn't mind getting the empty one and then having that Chekhov's gun of Fat Charizard coming back. But I, the scope, I appreciate the fact that he did only get an egg out of it. Because if he had gotten three more Pokemon... <laughs> And just been like, oh, yeah, I'm almost at a full team, guys. <laughs> I think right, he would have been smacked. I actually, I have bad news. Well, not bad news, but just disappointing news. So I typed, I googled, does Ash ever return 
Pikachu to his Pokeball. I didn't get an answer. Instead, I got, will Ash and Pikachu turn? Yes, Ash Ketchum is coming back, according to the anime director. And I was like, why? Why? He had a perfect send-off. You just, you literally just finished it. Like, let us be sad. Let us, like, move on. And then bring it back, and we'll throw money at you. Anyway. But I think that's all the questions I had, and I think that was 30 minutes, so... Um, I got nothing. Yeah. Oh, I will, I will add one thing. Uh, so while you guys are doing this, I am creating my self-insert character as a villain of the week. Oh, I, you don't want you don't want a party mascot. Well, well, I want that, but I also want to be. I also am playing emeralds, <laughs> and once I beat the elite four, I, I'm coming to shit on you guys. <laughs> Thank you for listening to, for the first arc. We really appreciate it. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify. Leave us a review. We have a new bonus content coming out, which I don't think, uh, Jack, you know about. A little piece of... We have two hour-long, probably closer to 45-minute pieces of bonus content coming out that Lucas and I recorded. It's a... uh, We wrote a police procedural, uh, like in the vein of Psych or NCIS or CIA. I'm editing it right now and should be out in the next two weeks or so. It's a good time. We really, we really enjoy making it, uh, and if there's a good enough response, we might keep making them. I didn't know. I'll actually, I'm excited. I want to hear this now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We made uh, it's a full. Um, the we did the first episode, the first, basically the first episode of the first season of a um, loose procedural. So be on the lookout for that. Anything else, guys? That's I got, all I got. I got nothing. All right. Bye. Later.